Welcome. We are a mother-daughter podcast about all things surrogacy. Together, we have brought eight beautiful babies into this world, and we would like to share our knowledge of surrogacy with those who want to educate themselves on the topic. This is Stop, Sit, Surrogate. Welcome back to Stop Sit Surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Hello. Hello. We have, I think, a very cool or two cool guests today because um, I never knew this existed. So ladies, please introduce yourselves. And I think our listeners are going to love it. I'm I'm Sunshine. I am the president and co-founder of Surrogacy Is. Uh, this is an organization that I started with my husband in 2020. And about three months into it, I realized I need uh, help <laughs> in case he came aboard. So, so I love her. Um, I'm a three-time surrogate. I am a former high school English teacher. I am a mom. I have, I'm a, I was a teen mom. I have a 24 year old, um, son lives in Washington state. And then I also have adopted my daughter, my youngest, she is nine and she's starting fourth grade tomorrow. My name is Casey Bohorkas. Try saying that if you phonetically read it. It's always fun to listen to them try to pronounce that. Um, Two-time surrogate. My first journey, he actually just turned 13 yesterday. So I had a call with him and the parents. And it's funny because he sounds like a teenager now. So it's short and sweet. And I'm like, what is this little man that I hear on the other end? So that's a lot of fun. Um, like many of us do in this industry, I went on to do my second journey a few years later, just because I fell in love with everything that surrogacy is and, uh, oh, uh-huh. and worked for, see, see how I did that? It'll come there. Yeah. Okay. Like it. Uh, when worked for an agency, I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. I thought I was going to save the world that way. And then yeah. came into the world of surrogacy and um, fell in love with it and was a director of surrogacy outreach for seven years. Mm-hmm. And that's where I met Sunshine. And kind of the rest is history. We have a joke, an ongoing joke that I jumped onto their boat because like she had mentioned, they had started the company three months into it, I said, hey, I've got all these ideas and I want to be a part of it. So let me be a part of it. So I'm one of the founders of Surrogacy as um, the vice president. And we've been doing some really pretty cool stuff. So we're super excited to be on with you guys and kind of share a little bit about what we've been doing over the last few years. I'm excited to talk to you guys. You guys, no pun intended, but like our rays of sunshine, like already, (laughs) like you guys are just so like, I'm so excited to like, jump into this and ask you like a million questions. (laughs) I want to make a comment on your, I went and did the research and tried to get them up with like some questions just to kind of guide us, but we always go off on tangents. Such good questions. I was reading through them and I was like, how come more people don't ask us all these questions? Oh, thanks. Looking at your website and what really stuck out to me was how um, friendly the conversation was, like the statements and that like you talk, like you're literally talking to an individual. It's not, it didn't look like it was... Bought, gotten from a book and, it, and then you, it was just plain language I laughed a couple of times I was like oh look at that like I would have said that <laughs> wait a minute so I really and then it made me look further and further and further so it kept me on your site <laughs> for a while all right well that's good to hear I wish yeah. Kyle you say that Kyle and I wrote most of that um it's most of the cool. copy that's on our website and it is like that's how I that's I I'm not the talker Casey's the talker she can talk to all the people I like to hide in my hidey hole and do all the all the background things but I love to write and I love to communicate that way so 
that's all my heart and soul in in that writing and that's you know so if we are talking talking to women we're talking to real human women women to women that's right that's what i got from the website so i mean the biggest question is how did it come to be like why did you sunshine why did you think there was a need well i um i started my first surrogacy journey without any real understanding. Like it was kind of on a whim. That's just the way I do everything. Like I just ran up here from these puppies that I'm fostering because I'm like, I'm going to foster puppies. And then, you know, five days later, they're in my kitchen finger painting with their feces. So um, that's kind of how I got into surrogacy. I was like, I want to do something. I want to do something big. And I had a friend who had done it and I watched her journeys and I thought she's really cool. Like she's so giving and has such a big heart and she's so loving. And I'm not really like that. I'm more pragmatic and like doing things that are best for my family. Not really so much thinking about what's best for others, but surrogacy has kind of changed that about me because I realized how much joy I get from giving to others. Um, what I really wanted to get out of surrogacy to be a hundred percent Frank was a down payment to buy a home in Southern California. I was like, what are creative ways that women can come up with money when you already have a full-time job? Mm-hmm. I was teaching high school and I had seven preps and I was the only English teacher in my, so I was busy. Like I didn't have yeah. extra time, right. but I needed extra income and teachers are notoriously underpaid. So yes, you are. Uh, yes, they this are. was my creative solution. And, uh, I got into surrogacy. My friend had done it. She was like, Oh, go to this agency. I used them. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I went to that agency and I had a beautiful match with my intended parents. I love them. I carried twins, which was silly. And I always encourage people not to do that on purpose if they can help it. Mm-hmm. Um, But I just was so naive. I just was like, whatever, you know, I'm just going to do whatever the agency says is best and whatever they say. And I'm just going to kind of go with the flow and I trust them. They're the experts, but I didn't really have a lot of support. And so at the end, I kind of felt like I did an independent journey, even though I had agency support. Um, I didn't know I had a case manager. I had a case manager. I found out years later when the agency applied to try to work with us. And I was like, oh, can, I, can I tell you why we're not, probably not going to refer surrogates to you? Uh, this is what, this was my experience. And they were like, oh, you did have a case manager. She doesn't work here anymore. She was really bad, but like, oh. how does a whole journey go by? And you never met your case manager. Right. Yeah. So that wasn't good. So then I went to do another journey, uh, like a year and a half later, I got the itch again. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do this again. I really thought I would just do it once. Um, and yeah. I was like, I'm going to find a better agency. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to Google and I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to talk to lots of different agencies. And I did. And I chose an agency and I thought they were great. They were so warm and loving and wonderful in the conversations and intake. And they, and I think that they are, you know, still, I, I don't think they meant not to do a good job, but there were so many things that they didn't do that mm-hmm. I wish they would have done. And I think they could have done. And I think that their priorities were off. And so when I got into working in surrogacy, after I, I decided to leave teaching because I became obsessed with surrogacy, like so many of us do, <laughs> yeah. I got a job as an intake um, coordinator at a large agency. And I got to kind of see behind the curtain and I didn't love what I was seeing as far as the way that the women who were being recruited were being treated and respected. Like their, 
we were asking them all the questions about what are your preferences for matching? What are you looking for in your journey? Blah, blah, blah. And then we were just automatically like flushing that all down the drain and saying, okay, you're going to be matched with these intended parents. They don't speak any English. You're not going to meet them. Um, they're in China, you know, and I was like, this feels so wrong. Like, this is not why I left teaching to get into an industry that I love. This isn't what I want to be doing. It didn't feel right. And so I left and got a job as a case manager at another agency, which is where I met Casey. And at that agency, it was so different. It was so centered on the experience of the humans that are in the equation, the intended parents and the surrogate who is signed up to help them and the baby that they're going to have. And how do we make sure that we get ahead and we're three steps ahead of everything that's going to happen so that they don't have to worry. And they never even really know how much we're doing behind the scenes, but they never wonder and they're never lost and they're never alone. Um, and I loved that model, but I ultimately left to join my husband and st we started a marketing company and he was like, these surrogacy agencies are not talking to the women who want to be surrogates. Like, yeah. can you imagine ever responding to one of these ads and signing up to be a surrogate? I was like, absolutely not. These are right. so atrocious. I would never, like, it makes me want to run away. Like, so anyway, that was how the, the dream kind of came to be. He was like, okay. we could do this better. And I was like, yes, we can. Let's get to know all the agencies. And then peel back the curtain and tell women the truth. Like, this is what this agency is like. This is what they have to offer. This is what this agency is like. This is what they have to offer. Here are some of their setbacks. Here are some of their strengths. And, and you as a surrogate, you don't know what you don't know through this process, right? And like, every website looks the same, you know, they mm -hmm. all say the same thing. They mm -hmm. all say the same thing. Um, but they're they hit you with a big number of money, which mm -hmm. is not what you're going to get. Yeah. And then they change and, it after right, the fact right. they lure you exactly. in with that. Or and they then, make you think that's you the baits and all those extras are the extras and they're not. Right. And they're not. Exactly. Right. And I think when surrogacy as was created, the idea was to be able to give a place, a platform for surrogates to A, feel appreciated and heard in what they were truly looking for in that journey, whether it be matching preference, compensation, whatever that looked like, right? Because that yeah. looks different for every surrogate coming into this process. But then how do you know that that agency is following the ASRM guidelines, mm -hmm. how do you know that agency is, is showing up and supporting the surrogate? So it's, we've took a lot of time in vetting the agencies, the questionnaires that we've asked, we've had the opportunity to really go behind the scenes and see exactly how is this agency doing it? Are they offering a life insurance policy of 250,000? Cause that's a joke, right? Mm -hmm. I want to yeah. see the agencies with a minimum of 500,000, but we like to push the envelope, but we want to see 750 because I know as a mom with four kids, a 17 year old ranging to a one year old, my husband would kill me if I left him to manage four kids with 250,000. Bring you back and kill you again. Right. <laughs> we would do it again. But, yeah. but that's the thing that you don't know what you don't know when you're going through this process. Mm -hmm. And for surrogacy, is what we were trying to accomplish is that education piece, bringing back the power back to the surrogate that I don't really think has ever been there. And I, I know that's a very controversial conversation to yeah, have, but, but it's true. It's, it's true. Mm -hmm. The agency is banking that you're going to Google best agency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
top one on the ads that have been paid. They're going to go and apply there and they're not going to do any more research. They're not going to know that there are other options. They're going to be told by that agency that this is you, you have the best option and aren't you so lucky you found us. And, and they're hoping and banking that surrogate's not going to do research. But the women that we have the opportunity to support and educate, we are we are on fire to show them and educate and explain right. to them all of those pieces. So A, we want to make sure it's safe for her because she's a yes. mom first, right? So we want to verify and we want to know her pregnancy history. We want to know all of the things that essentially she's going to do with an intake. We're going to do ahead of time, go through, she's going to understand that she's going to have her background, psychological screening, home visit done with the agency but they're going to collect her records. They're going to make sure it's safe for her to be a surrogate. And then she then is going to be presented. We're going to shop her options. So she's going to have a few agencies review her profile and say, oh my gosh, I have four parents that I think would be a great option or 10 parents that I think would be a great option. We mm -hmm. want to work with her and we think we can offer her a base of 45,000 or 50,000. And then we'll present those options to the surrogate. And now she has choice in that. Oh, so that's very cool. Very cool. So you guys are doing a lot of, yeah. I mean, you vetted the agencies and I think, was it 32% that apply? Make yeah, it and it's and probably get... it's probably less than that too because sometimes what happens is we'll bring on an agency because we've met the owners and they've said all the right things mm -hmm. and on paper they're they're checking all the boxes and then we send that you know a few we have a few surrogates that choose them and start going through their process and then they tell us like this is not happening or this is so hard I can't reach somebody on the phone and then we'll tell the agency like you know our surrogates are complaining that they can't reach their case manager on the phone. Can you make sure that this happens? And it, it every agency is going to make mistakes or it can do things better. And the agencies that we love hear that feedback and want to improve and do better. But there are some agencies that consider us to be a little bit of a nuisance or, um, I can see that. I don't think you are, but I can see. I don't, don't want, they don't want someone meddling. They don't want someone right. holding them. Don't tell me how like, to run an daughter, agency. She's ours. Mm -hmm. like, and we're yeah. like, no, she's, she is telling us what's happening and we're going to tell everyone what's happening unless you fix it and do better. So most of the agencies apply that feedback and do better, but there are some who resist it. They're stuck in their ways or their ego is too big or whatever the thing is. And we end up having to stop referring that agency as an option. Okay. Um, and so that, that happens too. And that's always really sad when that happens because yeah. we want every agency that we work with to be successful. We don't, we're not anti-agency. We love surrogacy agencies. Uh, I think agencies are so important. Um, intended parents are so important, but the surrogates are I think the most vulnerable person in the equation, a lot of agencies think that intended parents are vulnerable because that's the story that they hear first. They hear the struggle and they hear the sadness and the hardship and how expensive and all of these things. And so they they have that, that they're leading with, but what we're able to do at surrogacy is, is consider the surrogate as a whole person and think about her and what she needs. And then she's, this is somebody who's, you know, volunteering to put her body through mm -hmm. IVF for someone and to carry a pregnancy and to give birth to a baby and to have her breast milk come in and maybe pump and maybe suppress and 
maybe have a C-section and maybe have an episiotomy and definitely wear a diaper for six weeks and Mm -hmm. her hair is going to fall out and her body's going to change and she's going to miss a lot of work for appointments and her husband's going to feel the pressure of the extra burden that he's taking on. And her mother-in-law is going to give her a hard time and make her feel guilty. And other people are going to make her feel ashamed. And these are all the things that we sign up to do as surrogates. And that's where our heart is, is supporting those women and lifting them up because if they're well supported and they're empowered, then the intended parents are going to have a better experience too, but nobody's entitled to the use of another human being's body, whether they're infertile or they're cancer survivors or they're gay dads or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're not entitled to the use of somebody's body. And all the things that they go through. It's not a transaction, no matter how much a surrogate is paid. It's not a transaction. She's changing her life in this process and your life is going to change. And you're, you're going to hopefully, hopefully walk away with a a healthy baby that you get to take home. And that's priceless. So I think that what our goal really is with surrogacy is, is to shine light on surrogates and the women who do this, because we do so much, we go through a lot and, and we sign up and we're happy to do it. You know, like we want to do it. We want to help somebody. We know what we're getting into for the most part. You know, IVF okay. is like a whole other roller coaster that a lot of times people are like, yeah, I've seen the doctor so many times in my pregnancy as I did the first six weeks of an IVF pregnancy. Like right. I didn't know I was going to miss all this much work. I didn't know all this was going to happen, but, um, we sign up to do it and we love, and we love helping people and surrogates are, I just think in general are really giving and really easy to take advantage of that giving. Yes, absolutely. Is, can you tell we love surrogacy? Yes. Oh yes, I can. I know. I love it. Like, oh my gosh, wait, is that like a surrogate sign behind you? That's our logo. My husband oh, bought that me. I just cool. realized. It's really cool. <laughs> and it's super cute. I love that. Oh Oh my gosh. Gosh, your room is so cute. No, I, um, what I was going to say is when, um, especially when you're a first time surrogate, like you were saying, like, we don't know a lot. And a lot of the time surrogates, I like to call us like the yes girls. Cause we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to do it. We want it. We want to get going. Especially if you're a first time surrogate, you're like, mm-hmm. I will sign any paper you throw in front of me. I want to get this journey going. Like, and so, and then you have to learn in your own experiences, which is really, really hard sometimes, it is. which is why I, what you, what you guys do and are able to provide the education to those first time surrogates, even experienced surrogates. Cause you we guys help have a lot of experienced surrogates. Yeah. yeah. You have have a better information from other surrogates that you can provide to them be like, Oh, you know what? And I love the fact that you guys vet the agencies. Like, yeah. cause I think that's the hardest part for a surrogate. And I think there are entities out there that are becoming surrogate advocates and trying to do what we're doing, but they're not betting the agencies. They're going to accept any agency. And so when you have a surrogate who comes to you and is trusting that they're going to be presented these options, but really doesn't know to even ask the question, what does it mean to have a vetted agency? Then there's an opportunity to take advantage and, and really have her kind of come back to that process of like, what did I do? And we don't want that. We don't want these women to have regrets or to think like, dang, I wish I wouldn't have done this. You know, that's right. That sucks. That's sad. Incredibly sad. And so when you guys do vet 
agencies right. is it how you had said before like do you do you accept them right off the bat if you hear nothing bad or okay do they have okay how, how do you so they that? have to fill out our questionnaire it's pretty thorough um okay. not too thorough because people won't fill it out if it's too long but then the next step is to schedule a call and with us a zoom meeting with Casey and I um, with the owners of the agency, if it's okay. the director of the program, or if it's a case manager, or if it's their marketing person that wants to meet with us, we won't meet with them. We want to meet with the owner of the agency okay. and share with them our expectations and ask them a ton of questions. Who holds their escrow? What attorneys do they like to work with? What clinics do they work with? Do they reimburse surrogates for expenses after the fact, or do they, you know, do they give them they're per diem in advance. Are they going to have the surrogate be, you know, racking up a bunch of bills and then giving her monthly reimbursements at the end of the month? Or, you know, how, how does that happen? Um, how much does the escrow have to be funded? How much is your life insurance policy? 250,000. Okay. Are you willing to increase that? And then we look at their benefit package and we compare it to the other benefit packages that we've seen. And we say, this $500 embryo transfer fee is really low. I think you could probably increase that, or this is really generous. This is great that, you know, this housekeeping allowance that you have is great, but here are some things that we make suggestions that say, you know, you're not really competitive because at the end of the day, yeah. when surrogates look at their options yeah. and they know that we're telling them that we vetted this agency and we know that you're going to have a good experience with any of them, it comes down sometimes to the benefit package uh -huh. and they're looking side by side. So we've had agencies that we really, really like, and they're great, but their benefit packages are kind of skimpy. And if you put them side by side next to five others, and it's a difference in total of 10 or $15,000, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how wonderful they are and how kind and how sincere and all those things. Sometimes people are just automatic automatically going to swipe that off the table. So sometimes agencies will change their benefit package just for our surrogates so that they can be competitive and being selected. Well, that's super interesting. Okay. And we and we want I mean here's the thing. When we when the surrogate goes to the agency, we don't just say okay, good luck surrogate. We've built this relationship with you. Our surrogate our team, we have 23 employees on our staff and they're all experienced surrogates. They all have done this themselves. They're building that relationship from day one. So when they get connected to the agency, they're still having that surrogate advocate checking in on them. How are you doing? Do you have any questions? Do you have, um, are you having a hard time, you know, filling out this paperwork? Is there anything that we can help you with? Answering those questions. Okay, I got presented this intended parent and they only have one embryo and that embryo is not genetically tested. Let's mm -hmm. talk about it. Like how, how do I proceed forward? Really being that, that voice in somebody who's done it before to lean on through this process from day one until they deliver and then then on after. I mean, because we don't, there's not a time that you don't, you, you need somebody. You we want do. there, you know, building that relationship. So we have our surrogates take a survey, usually about 90 days from the day they are connected to their agency, asking them questions, how they're feeling, how is that matching process? Was yeah. that considered? Do you feel like that process through pre-screening was efficient? Did you get regular communication? Really thoughtful questions to understand how did she feel when she was going through this? Yeah. And then we go back to the agency because we want to partner with our agencies. We aren't yeah. looking to have it just be do the job and, and take care of her. I want to make sure that these surrogates are having a good experience. If she's having a good experience, I'm holding up my promise to her. 
And that then in turns to the agency. So we want to bring those things, that feedback to the agency and the ones that we love and that we're doing the thing and see the value in that we've truly partnered. And I can pick up the phone and say, Hey, Joe, I have a surrogate who just said this, sent in the survey. It's anonymous. She chose not to say who it was, but here's how she's feeling. How can we do better? And they, they receive that feedback and they'll do it. Now we have agencies that don't. And then unfortunately we end up not continuing that partnership, but it yeah. really the ones that are setting forth and wanting to do thing, um, see the value in that. It's almost like you're holding the agencies accountable for what they're saying they're going to do. Crazy, huh? <laughs> I love it. Like, what a concept. So, so here, here's the next little elephant in the room. How does all this get paid for? Do you guys get a referral fee when the, when you put a, or a surrogate picks an agency? Or I, how does it work? We get a referral fee. The agencies do pay our fees. Surrogates don't pay anything. Um, okay. The agencies pay us a referral fee once the surrogate is matched with intended parents. Okay. Um, and we, the reason we're, we're not, we're not, and I think that we have this reputation or, or some agencies think this, or people assume, cause they're not like you guys asking all these really thoughtful questions. Yeah. Um, how does this all work? Yeah, they assume that we're selling leads or we're um, just collecting a referral fee and sending a surrogate and and saying goodbye and wishing Uh, her luck to any random agency that will pay our fee. Like there are agencies that have begged us to pay and will pay you triple your your referral fee if you'll send us this many surrogates. But that's not how it works. We don't uh, choose the surrogate chooses. And it's the same for every agency every time. So once the surrogates matched with intended parents, They've had their match call. The intended parent said yes. The surrogate says yes. And the IVF clinic has reviewed and approved her records and she's approved to go forward to medical screening. That's when our referral fee is paid. Okay. Um, okay. That's cool, though. So the agency is going to collect her records. The agency is going to review right. the records. The agency is yeah. going to run her background and do a psychological yeah. screening. They're going to do all that necessary pre-screening to make sure it's safe for her to do surrogacy. And they're not invested in paying us until she is matched and the clinic has reviewed those records. And that's a huge component that we take all of that liability and responsibility to that point to make sure she's having a good journey in that expectation. And it's not right for everyone and not everyone gets through pre-screening and not everybody gets, you know, to that finish line. I think one of the things that has come up with several agencies that we've ended up having to end relationships with is the way that they treat women who get close to that, that finish line Mm -hmm. and have put in the time and they filled out all the paperwork and they did all the things and they did the background check and they did the psych evaluation and they did all this. And, and then they find out something that she doesn't pass her psych or, or something comes up and they're like, we did the home visit. It looks like there's a lot of uh, people living in the home. It doesn't look like it's a great home environment and all these things. And and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many reasons why somebody might not make it to that finish line but every single one of those women has a heart of gold for getting for trying to get there and she's still even if now at this point some agencies will treat her like you're useless to me now because I can't match you and you're disposable that's kind of the way that they feel when they set an agency will send them a text message and say you didn't get approved we can't work with you anymore sorry or a form email rather than call her and say hey this is why this isn't the right time in your life for this, because these are some things that you would be going through. That would be a real hardship for you. And it looks like your life is not super stable right now for these things. Like 
Right. Give her the courtesy of having that conversation because she's done so much to get to that point. And just because she doesn't get to match with your intended parents and now you're not going to, I don't know, make any money off of her. Uh, she's still human and she's yes. still a mom and she's going to have feelings. She's yes. going to be disappointed. She's yes. going to be sad. She's going to have yes. her hopes dashed. And yes. it, it's not that hard to pick up the phone and let her ask her questions and let her feel her feelings and, and give right. her that respect. If, um, if a situation like that happens and, you know, she picked an agency and she got all, and she didn't make the finish line, like you guys are saying, does she have an option to come back? and look at some of the other agencies depending on depending on what it is the reason okay. what the reason is if it's that it's a clinic that works an agency that works with really strict clinics where you yeah. need a 20 bmi and there's all these right. high high expectations and right maybe the thing is is there are other agencies who work with other clinics who have different expectations then we will explore that with her however okay the priority number one is, is it safe? And if the answer right. is no, and it's been something found that makes it not safe, we won't explore that. Um, okay. We're not doing her a justice by putting right. her in harm's way. I mean, and giving her false hope again. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And, and, we, and we'll pick up the phone and we'll go even for every mm -hmm. agency that we've been able to, they know our expectation. You pick yeah. up that phone and you call her, you tell her why our surrogate advocate after that call is going to call her and say, you know what? Thank you for your heart. Thank you for considering oh. surrogacy. Thank you for even being interested in this because what's going to happen is she's going to walk away feeling appreciated at least yeah. and valued through this. Maybe she's got a friend that she wants to say, I had this, I couldn't do this, but gosh, mm -hmm. you might be a great resource for this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and consider surrogacy is because they see that we value, truly value yes. each of the women that come through this process. I was going to say, when you, when we go back to, you know, it's, your um like you said surrogates don't surrogates don't pay for this and you guys only I don't even like the word profit I don't like that word but like the agency gives you a referral like a referral fee right that just shows like what you guys are like because a lot of the times yeah they might not make it through and but your hearts are there and you're in it for all the right reasons because you're not clearly you're not doing it for the money it's not about no. that it's it's not about that at all because really it's a gamble anytime a, anytime a prospective surrogate mm -hmm. wants to come and but you guys are always open to it I have the goosebumps like it's like the sweetest thing yeah. because you you guys care about them and show them like you said that they're appreciated because I think a lot of the times surrogates don't surrogates don't get that a lot from agencies very so I'm not saying not every agency no, does that and there yeah. are and we don't we don't advocate going independently because there's so many things that could go wrong well, in that right so I mean, many. we truly we truly advocate for an agency because we know as a case manager in the years that I've been doing this same thing for sunshine we know how many things could go wrong if not done and managed accurately and safely we know that there are those things so advocating for somebody to go independently and crossing our fingers that she's going to have everything that needs to be in that contract or that her bills are going to be paid or that trust account is going to be fully funded. We don't know, right? right. So there's a lot that goes into that. We also have, um, we have a um, Facebook group that we created early, early on. Um, I called it very early on the no mean girls allowed. Um, oh, I love you. <laughs> because that's, that's, the, that's the unofficial, like, <laughs> 
We, we have a lot of Facebook ever. groups and we have a few that are the, yep. if you go in there and you ask a question, God forbid, you don't have a PhD in surrogacy, right? you're not allowed to be in there asking that question. They're going to tell you, you need to go do two years of research. And that person is going to be beat down. I thought that's what I was stuff. doing in this group. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. It's so funny. We just talked about this yesterday just for our it. Friday facts pod yeah. for, uh, that's coming out on Friday. And we were talking yeah. about how mean Facebook mean. is. Instagram is where it's at. I want to mm. stay with Instagram because yeah, for some yeah, reason, yeah. Instagram surrogates are really supportive and kind. Mm. And more often I see on Facebook, you can't ask a simple question because mm-hmm. they won't tell you or they're like, figure it out for yourself. And it's like, oh, why well, is it mentality about it? I don't, and it's very yeah. much like um, shaming. There's a lot of shaming yeah. around compensation. I, especially like, oh, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Like I 100% proud to say I did surrogacy for the compensation. That's why I did okay. surrogacy. If it wasn't for the compensation, I would not have signed up to do it because yep. it's a crazy thing to do for somebody. That's a it huge is. thing to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, all that being said, at the end of my first journey, like I love my intended parents so much. I'm so grateful. I feel like I got so much more out of it than the compensation. I'm yep. glad that I didn't have enough money to buy a house uh, on my own because <laughs> I wouldn't have had that magical experience. Like that day that the twins were born, I, it was, it's still like uh, my own children, like all these things that day was still like the best day of my life. It was so magical. I never felt so like profound. It was just, it was, there's nothing like it. There's really nothing like it. It's something you'd be proud of. Yeah. That pride, that sense of accomplishment, that sense of like, I've done something so miraculous and you're watching these parents hold their baby yeah. and you're mm-hmm. FaceTiming with these grandmothers that are crying because they never thought these babies were going to come. And you're like, I did that. That's yeah. cool. Yep. Um, but there's no shame in doing it for the compensation. Mm-hmm. And all that being said, when I did my next journey, I asked for a lot more compensation because I didn't realize right. how much I was going to go into that. Like I didn't yeah, right. realize my life was going to be disrupted and changed mm-hmm. by surrogacy too. Yeah. So there's no shame in requiring what you, what makes it make sense for you to do it. And if there's a parent who sees that value and wants to compensate you that amount. Now, I don't think it's right to say changing your compensation at legal contract or after embryo transfer fails, you're going to renegotiate. That's cruel. That's holding parents hostage. That's not right. right. But having your expectations and being clear about them and not being manipulated to change them I think is, I, I, I don't know why or how it became like so pervasive that that's wrong and that surrogates need to be so selfless. Like nobody should be so selfless that it's detrimental to their own life. Right. And there's a, there's a lot to it. And Mm -hmm. I want to second what you said, Sunshine, because I was a young mom as well. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was a single mom and I was like, how can I get a house in California? I have no idea. But I also grew up with surrogacy. So like it was kind of 50-50, but I did, she warned me time and time again while I was a surrogate. She's like, you're going to do it again. Like you're going to do it again. I was like, you're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not doing it again. Saw them hold their baby. I was like, okay. And a year later I got pregnant with my second surrogate baby. And like, but I, you're right. I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. I don't, there is nothing wrong because you're not hurting anybody and everybody wins. everybody wins and everybody's lives and families grow from that so 
I yeah. hate that compensation. We talk about it a lot because nobody else wants to. I think right. compensation is a very important thing for surrogates. You, I have lots of opinions on it. We won't get into it. <laughs> if you want to wait around as an intended parent for a lot of selfless women to line up and, and crush those wait lists that mm-hmm. intended parents are sitting on, like yeah. you might as well just give up on the dream of having baby. If you don't want to compensate somebody for but it's insane what we do, even for compensation. I think most people, you could offer them a million dollars and they wouldn't do it. So yeah, yeah, we could yeah. talk about that all day. I, <laughs> we really could. I, I know. know. Yep. But we do, we do have a Facebook group that okay. has over a thousand plus women in it. These are all, it's a closed group. It's for okay. any of the women that we've helped and, um, and they're connected to the agencies we work with. And it's a safe place where you can ask a question and be met with kindness and mm-hmm. sincerity every single time, even if that question's been asked five yeah. million times, because I think that really that's, that's the culture. That's the culture of the group that we created because it, everybody's the same. Like no, there, there are no, nobody in there. It's not at their default to jump down somebody's throat. They never would. It like it wouldn't occur to them because they mm-hmm. asked a question and they were confused and they were met with kindness and they want to give that back. And yeah. I, it makes me sad that we can't open the group up to more like to all the surrogates, but yeah. we right. really want to keep it a safe place. Yeah. So it's only yes. for surrogates that we've supported and helped and that we've, you know, spoken to. So all the women in there are women that we've helped and it's growing all the time. And I just, oh, it's my pride and joy. It's my favorite place on the internet. I love it. I love that. So, I just have to, oh, sorry. I have to ask, do you guys, so are you guys the monitors of that? Or yeah, do you guys have like dedicated monitors? We have, we have, a, we have a couple other monitors that help us because it is a lot to oh, monitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if we, we, because we don't advocate for going independently, we might, somebody might take our quiz. They might have that phone call they might decide to shop their options and then put this process on hold and then maybe a friend comes and says hey will you be a surrogate for me we don't advocate for going independently i can't control that narrative i can't go to the agency and say hey what's going on you know what what is this what do i why why does the surrogate not have life insurance you know so for us we want it to stay the surrogates that we know are with our agencies so um Unfortunately, if if the surrogate, even if she's gone through our process, if she's going independently, we'll reach out to her and we'll okay. tell her why she can't be part of the Facebook group. And she we'll still has her cell phone number, we'll her, have her phone number, cell phone number, and she can call. Okay. But um, we okay. can't have her in there sharing her nightmare horror stories that go wrong because it's right. setting the wrong tone for new women that come into our group and that are just starting to be like, that could happen to me. Like, no, that could not happen to you. That right. Will not happen to you. Right. That's Different exactly. circumstances. So, so when was it born? When was surrogacy is born? What year? 2020. Okay. Oh my so God. Still, still okay. Wow. In three years, you have a thousand people in your Facebook Over. group. How, how many do we have yeah. now? Sunshine? We have 1500. Oh yeah. my God. Now we it, was like 15, it was like 1449 or something last time. I we are at connecting with and educating um between 85 to 120 surrogates every month to their agencies okay i have to know i have to know your guys's surrogacy timelines then when was your when when was your first surrogacy journey when was your last like for for myself like personally mine was first turn 13 so years ago when i started that one and then um the second one was three years later. Okay. 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 
Mm-hmm. And then when was your sunshine? My first journey, the twins turned seven in March. And um, then I had my next journey. I delivered in February of 2019. And then my final journey, I delivered in April of 2021, I think, right? Oh, okay. So you started this after your second journey and you were also pregnant when you were so. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's kind of how we were able to do it because it, it's, uh, it's really expensive (laughs) what we're doing. It's not, and and it's not super profitable, but it is, um, it's our, it's it's a passion project. So we funded this with my husband used to have an IT company. He sold it. And so for the first two years, we didn't even have my, my husband and I didn't even have a salary. I think Casey was the only one because we brought her out of a safe, comfortable job. And we're like, this is our dream. It's going to work. It's going to be fine. So we made Casey only, um, Mm -hmm. for the first two years. Now we're, 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 we're fine. We're earning paychecks now. Good. Um, Good. And all these, you you said there were 23 people with surrogacy as employees. Are they now there are, yes. Or is this a, they're all getting paychecks. Yes. They're all very well paid. They're all (laughs) employees Um, with 401k and insurance and appreciation, uh, immense appreciation. Because we're not doing this to make a, and I don't, I don't understand why there are so many agencies that are so understaffed because I think, I don't know, maybe there's people at the top that are hoarding the, the wealth, but, um, yeah, (laughs) everything that we earn through this, like, and it takes a long time. It takes a long time for a surrogate to get through, uh, exploring, learning to, you know, comparing agencies, shopping, um, connecting to the agency, going through pre-screening and finally getting to match. It takes a long time before we ever get paid for that. So in the beginning it was, it was really, hard yeah. but it we we're crazy <laughs> just no I love it's, it uh, it's, I love you guys amazing in three years and majority of that being during COVID yeah. like that you made this profitable and I hate to use the word profitable I hate that word well we made it, it solvent, business. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what led us into the agency side of things is we've always told everybody that all of our agencies who'd said, why aren't you an agency? If you have all these candidates, why aren't you right. just an agency? Right. We didn't want to go there. There are all these agencies popping up left and right. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be another agency. We wanted to come into this process with um with a desire to make a change and to do different do a difference in this process and and surrogacy is the agency and although it's we are we now have that as an entity yeah. so we the cats surrogacy. out of the bag we started an agency gosh you we did? said we wouldn't do it we just started four months ago okay and, um it's the same it's still the same. have choice they still have a choice right you're one of the okay choice. we and just give them an option Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So now explain that. So if a surrogate comes to you, right. And is like, Hey, and you guys still do the, I don't know, intake or whatever you want to call that. Right. Yeah. And do you, how does that work then? How does that, how, how does it go from there? Same thing. So she's going to, we're going to go through, make sure she qualifies. If she qualifies, she's going to go to our agency option advisor, created that department. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that. I love it. And she's going to go onto our matchmaker 
platform and portal and be able to see the agency side by side that said yes to her. And we go over, we give details of what makes that agency special and unique, how long that agency's been in business, who the owners are, a link to their website, their benefit package, their mission statement, and the reason why we chose to work with them. And they get to see those side by side. And then they can compare and contrast which option sounds right for them. And then sometimes we're an option. So on that, we always want to give the surrogate a minimum of three options. But when we decide to throw our hat in the ring, she's going to have four options. So she'll have us with three other agencies. We, we, um, we not surrogates don't always choose us. But they've built a relationship with us. And so they they see the value in what we're doing and trying to make the change. I mean, the reason we've decided to be an agency is we have a lot of agencies that are doing it well. And and each of them, I found that there could be things that can be done better. Supporting and checking in, even when there's not an update, calling her and saying, hey, you know what? We're waiting on your records still. Those darn records. I'm sorry, but I called on this day and I called on this day. So she feels like there's movement, even in those moments where that hurry up and wait is a true feeling for these women, you know? It is. Yep. So as an agency, now we get to do those things that we expect our agencies to do. And I feel like we're constantly reminding, hey, check in on her. She's feeling neglected. She hasn't heard from anybody in four weeks. Like give her a call or where you're at in that process. So yeah, to do that now. Um, And not always does she pick us, but when she does, we are excited and to be able to manage and and honor her through her journey and support her through the process. The other thing that surrogates get when they come through our process too, is they don't only get to compare these agencies that in, in the benefit packages are better, I think, than what other agencies are offering, or even some of the agencies offer on their own to surrogates that find them through them because they want to get more referrals. And so they treat our surrogates well, because we're going to be, you know, right. Right. Um, So I think it is beneficial for the surrogate, especially most of all, because she still has her advocate. So at the end of the day, if something's not working out, she can call her advocate. And now we don't have power over these agencies. We can't make them do anything. The really only power we have is to encourage them to do better and to help her advocate for herself. What we really want is to empower surrogates when they're like, this is what's happening. This doesn't feel good. What do I do? Like, we're not agency police. We don't run to the agency and be like, Hey, how come you're doing this to this surrogate? You know, we empower her to say, that's okay to speak up and say that doesn't feel good. Somebody didn't call you for two weeks. That's okay to call them. Like, oh, well, I don't want to be a pest. I don't want to bother them. Well, bother them because that's yeah. their job is to help right. you. And mm-hmm. so we empower the surrogates to advocate for themselves um, and tell them what's normal and what's not normal. And every once in a while, something will happen and they'll say, hey, I'm, pre-, you know, like this has happened twice with two different agencies that we don't work with anymore. Mm-hmm. Where a surrogate has said, um, I'm, I'm eight weeks pregnant and I haven't gotten my life insurance policy in place yet. And we're no. like, what? No, you know, that's when we're on the phone with the owner. Oh, and saying, yeah. Show me proof that the surrogate has life insurance. And now that this happened, show me proof that every surrogate that I've referred to you yeah. has life insurance. Like I need to yeah. know that for everyone. I need you to audit that because you can tell me this is a one-off, but I don't believe you at this yeah. point. That should never happen. Yeah. Um, and then they, and then they do because- I mean, nobody wants to have it out there that they didn't do what they right. were supposed to do. So right. it, it's a lot of, um, 
it's it's so difficult to navigate these relationships. It's really a lot of work. It it's an yeah. emotional investment for all of us and for our team. Our surrogate advocates love their surrogates. Like every wow. surrogate that they talk to and that they support, <laughs> they're always coming to us like tattling. <laughs> if oh. you have to say to them, like they're like, she said this is happening. We have to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes surrogates misunderstand things too. And so we have to tell them like. Ask more questions, ask this question, ask this question, you know, okay. I thought they weren't doing that, but they actually are like, okay, well, good thing. We didn't call them and make (laughs) it ourselves yelling at something. Um, And giving them a surrogate perspective too. Right. Because I know in my first journey, I didn't understand maybe why my parents didn't want to talk to me right away in the medical screening process. And they Mm -hmm. held out on talking to me through the legal process. And maybe they even held out on talking to me until they knew they were pregnant because maybe they had gone through five miscarriages and they finally got pregnant and they had a loss at the very end. We don't know what these parents have gone through. And so sharing and giving that surrogate perspective mm-hmm. and having her understand really where these parents are coming from, it helps them. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Okay, that right. makes sense. And then they go into it with a different mindset and they're not angry like, well, why is my intended parent not talking to me? I want to break up the match. I want I want to have the right perspective. And that's really what we're trying to do is bringing forth really that circle of education perspective so the surrogate can have the best experience possible so working partnership is is what i'm getting between between you surrogacy is and these agencies that you're so passionate about and um and so passionate with the surrogates trying to get them where they're gonna be able to live their best surrogate journey Mm -hmm. in whole like their family their everything um Okay. So your surrogate advocate, right? Is that what, is that their title? Okay. So they kind of stay with the, the surrogates <laughs> throughout the journey, right? Okay. Yeah. So are they like a second? Because what sometimes when they're with agencies, like a case, case, case manager, manager. right? Mm-hmm. So are they technically going to have two now? Cause they're going to have yours. And no. No. We want we want to reflect any questions when it comes to, okay, well, when's my medical screening and what is the expectation for this or who should I be reaching out to? Any of those questions, we mm-hmm. want to reflect back to the agency. Okay. Because A, we're not we're not licensed in being able to answer a question on what the clinic needs or the expectations of what that clinic or that attorney. We can give perspective on if your benefit package is this and you've signed up for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm that should stay the same when you get to legal, but look at, take a look at what does your, um, what does it say about lost wages, about getting reimbursed if you got put on bed rest, you know, giving them some insight to understand when they go to that legal process, because that's scary, right? Going to legal, the legal language can be very much overwhelming, or even knowing that you have an option on choosing your attorney, because a lot of agencies will say, here's your attorney, without mm-hmm. understanding that you actually get choice in that and you get mm-hmm. to decide which attorney you want to work with and ask those questions. And your attorney isn't supposed to show up and say, okay, do you have any questions? Have you looked at the contract? No. Okay. Go ahead and sign here. No, they're supposed to go over that contract with you. Yes. A good attorney, right? Attorney yes. that cares about what they're doing is supposed to go through, have already have read that, have mm-hmm. their own things they want to bring to your attention and go through that with you line by line. And so that's where we come in. Sergisias tells them that's how it should look. So when it doesn't look that way, they can say, hey, I thought I have choice on this. 
Hey, okay. I, thought my, I thought my attorney was going to go through this contract and not just have me sign it and ask if I had any questions. No? Okay, let's figure that out. So that's really where Surrogacias comes in as that resource, that buddy, that best friend that was a surrogate right. who is there by your side to say, hey, girl, no, 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 that's not the way it should be. You need to go back and ask those questions. Okay. That, that's, that. that's super helpful. No, super it is. Helpful. I mean, I wish this was existed when I did it. It's like 21 years ago, nothing like that. Here's your couple. Here's your legal. Like it was just boom, 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 boom. And bam, we get pregnant with triplets. You're like, what in God's green earth is going on here? Yeah. And then you have to deal with selective reduction. And then I'm like, oh my God, hold on. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. There's a lot. And they're like, no, actually you did. See, right. I I did. Right. Yep. We have, um, we've, we've actually, we haven't done it in a while because we've been really busy, but we used to get different professionals on attorneys, um, IVF clinics, um, the professionals in the industry and do webinars to talk about what is a legal contract? Why is it necessary? What is the psychological screening? Why is that necessary? Why is it important to have a support person? Why is it important that your husband be supportive of this? And you can't just say, I'm going to do this regardless if he signs a contract. No, you actually have to have his support. You need to make sure he's supportive or you have that support system in place, you know? Yeah. So we have a whole bunch, a lot of content um, on our YouTube channel with webinars and resources. And we do a lot of storytelling of telling the story from the perspective of a surrogate to the why, why she decided to do this and the change mm-hmm. that it did for her. Um, because we really want, I wish I would have had that. I wish I right. would have had that, you know? I'm um, a mom and that is my greatest joy. Being a mom is the one thing I can wholeheartedly say I'm proud of. Um, But surrogacy is that thing that at the end of the day, I know I've accomplished a couple of things that were great and wonderful. And I'm proud of myself for that. And if I could give that to every woman that decides I want to do surrogacy, that's what we set out to do. And I feel you're doing it. It's yeah. Gosh. It's really cool to be at this place now where we wanted to do it. And now three years in, like we're, we're, we're really doing it. And I think because at this point where we've been doing this for long enough now that we've had surrogates that have delivered and are coming back for their second journey. And they're like, okay, I want to know what my new options are. Like I left my agency, I had a good experience, but I still want to see what my other options are. And sometimes they go back to their original agency, but sometimes they want to try something different and we can show them that. And now some of our surrogates are like, what? You're an agency. Why didn't you tell me? I've already done another journey. And like, we can, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to go at a pace that's slow and measured, and we don't want to grow just for growth's sake in right. our journey. We really want to do everything. We don't want to do what a lot of agencies do, which is bring in more surrogates and they can support, not have the staff to support them and then drop the ball. Like we never yeah. want to drop the ball. So we overhire well and steady. <laughs> uh, we have two intake coordinators, somebody reviewing records. We, our case managers are only going to manage 25 cases max. And because then we know that these women are going to be supported and these and the parents are going to be supported. Yeah. And that's right. our priority. And the word of mouth that's going to go out after that is shown that this is what this agency does is going to come back at you 100 times fold. It, oh, it yeah. is. Because we, mm, yeah, 
you've got the best right now of both aspects of what we've been trying to tell people about, like, listen, do your research, do this, make sure you pay attention. But to go to surrogacy is, and I like have a one-stop shop and have you guys kind of do the nitty gritty and show them, listen, here, now you get to pick here. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm just speechless because it's such a phenomenal idea. Oh my it God, really it's a wonderful is. idea. Your website has a lot of information and expectations for partner agencies to adhere to, but one of two statements really stood out. It's also super important to know we're not trying to create divas here, just helping surrogates be considered fairly. Can you share a little on why this statement came to be? I love that. <laughs> what I was talking about, you just like threw it out there. I'm like, I love this. Like, I think <laughs> it came down to just the, the idea that it, I think agencies have this perspective if a surrogate is asking questions or has some thoughts or opinions about their benefit package that they're automatically a diva. And that's not the case, right? Mm -hmm. She is allowed to ask the questions and know the process, but we wanted to really put forth this process of we are going to put perspective and give these women choice. And that really hasn't existed before. So not. it's in this place of understanding now we're giving it back to her. She has a control to know what the differences are, what the benefit of choosing this agency over another agency. We have the stats of how our agencies operate as far as their speediness, you know, that pre-screening, maybe a surrogate's like the compensation isn't necessary, but I want an agency that can move fast. And we want to give that perspective. We want to share that with them. And sometimes a surrogate, like I, we've talked to agencies, sometimes we'll have this initial interview and they'll be like, we had a surrogate that came to us and said, she wants 80,000 in compensation. And, um, we told her, keep on moving. We're not the agency for you. Like, why is that? Why? Yeah. Why did, why did you feel so strongly that it's not reasonable for a surrogate to ask for 80,000 for compensation? And right. if you feel like that is too much, like, I don't know, it's, it's not, I don't think, I don't think it's too much, but no, it's not. <laughs> I don't, it's Sometimes not. We, like, we, we're huge. We love to have the controversial conversations because nobody has them, but yeah. absolutely. I think, especially being a surrogate <laughs> in California, and I have no problem stating what I've made as a surrogate. My third compensation was around 80 to 84. And I think that that was completely fair for everything that I could bring to the table as a surrogate. I did my research. I knew everything, you know, but I mean, I think every surrogate should get whatever they, whatever they want, honestly. As long as they qualify and somebody is willing to. So another thing that we try to do with surrogates is give them perspective and think of things, think of things as like, um, I hate to say supply and demand, but is say, say you're a surrogate that's in an area that's rural and you're going to have to travel far distance for monitoring and you're, you're not near a level three NICU and you, um, that's going to eliminate a lot of things for some intended parents can't afford those travel costs and those additional things. Um, say you are a surrogate that is unwilling to let parents make decisions regarding termination for the baby. Like, you know, that you're no term for anything, unless your life is at risk. That's just going to eliminate a large portion of the intended parents that are available to you to match with. Mm -hmm. So then when you add on other things and we, we try to explain it to our surrogates as like a basket of items that kind of make you, um, your profile more complicated and eliminate 
the yeah. options of intended parents that you have to match with that maybe your BMI is over 30 or over 32, that's going to eliminate so many clinics from being able to work with you. So now you can only work with parents who are at these clinics that are going to accept this BMI mm-hmm. and only parents at this clinic that can accept this BMI who are not going to terminate their baby right. and are comfortable with this traveling of this distance. So all these things, they just eliminate options for you as far as intended parents. And so if you're going to add on into that list of things, also, I want hundred thousand dollars for my base compensation. Right. Like I want to be realistic with surrogates and and explain to them, like, I want you to have everything that you want, but sometimes that's not realistic, you know, based on all of these things, but explaining to her why that is, because if you just tell someone like this surrogate got a hundred thousand dollars and this surrogate got $45,000 and they did the same thing they did, right? but they, they, this surrogate had and so many clinics and so many options that she could work with. And this surrogate had this smaller selection or pool of intended parents that could match with her. And so you have to, it, there's a give and take. And so you can't have everything that right. you want all the time. You can't. There's, there's, it, the funnel narrows as you right. add things. But I still don't want people to compromise. Like say you don't want to get the COVID vaccine and that mm-hmm. eliminates a lot of options too. Yeah. I don't want you to compromise because you want the higher compensation right. or because you want to match faster. If, if something at the end of the day is against your values or something that you're not going to feel good about, or you're going to feel resentful, don't do it. Wait, like it's okay, you know, to, to wait. Um, but we still want to give them that information because sometimes there's people that are like, well, you know, I just hadn't really thought about it. I didn't want to do it. I'm not vaccinated. And then agencies will say, okay, we can't work with you because you're not vaccinated rather than take the time to explain to them. This is what, you know, the doctors are recommending. This is why this is what, what options you're going to have. We have agencies that will work with surrogates who are not vaccinated for COVID. We have more now than we used to. We used to just have one or two. Now we have like 10 or 12, um, but that, you know, letting them know this agency that accepts surrogates that are not vaccinated for COVID has this benefit package. And the one that has the benefit package that you really, really want requires a COVID vaccine. So it's important that you go and now you have this information and you can think about what's important to you and then you can make an informed decision. Yeah. yeah. And I have that information. Yeah. yeah. I can definitely attest to that. Cause I mean, I've, I've, like I just said, I, I I've been on this journey for a year. Um, I literally just hit my year mark last week and it's because of, I know what I, I know what I want to get out of it. And like, it's fine. I knew I had to wait and I'm okay with waiting because I don't want to compromise a journey for, you know, to, cause I had a really bad one, my last one. So I, I don't want to make any compromise comp. I don't want to compromise on things that I know could possibly affect the happy outcome of a journey for everybody involved. And so it's, but it is hard for surrogates to wait. It's hot. It's so hard. And it's, mm-hmm. we just want to go like you sign up and it's like, okay, so like embryo transfer the next day, right? Like we can, we can do this right. in 24 hours. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Like that's every surrogate. We hem and haw and hem and haw and we wait and we're not ready and we're doing our research. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Right. And then like yesterday yes, after we exactly. for a long time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, oh, 
but that's the and only surrogates understand that draw of surrogacy like the pure love and joy that like comes out of journeys that can I don't want to say that does but can come out of journeys like it is it is you're in a special club and it's fun my favorite part um after talking with the surrogate she's delivered is talking with her about d-day and i'll get emotional every single time i talk with these women it doesn't ever get old because it's something special and it's like you did that like how you know you did how do you feel yeah yeah how do you feel through that and it 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 truly is it's special um really special the very superpower yes superpower hurry up and wait I joke and say when I'm talking with these women listen you're not gonna be pregnant tomorrow because in our mind we want to be pregnant tomorrow it takes time and typically if it's done right if it's done with thoughtfulness and really vetting everybody it's between like four and six months before you're physically pregnant because the records take a lot of time there's a lot of hurry up and wait when you get to finally your match potentially with the parents but the clinic has to review those records that now are taking four weeks or plus longer you know then it's the medical screening that's going to be another few weeks and then that's illegal that's another four to six weeks there's a lot of hurry up and wait in this process so if we take a little bit more time to really educate and explain and guide and support and love these women, I guarantee you she is going to be so much more happy through this process to be that better surrogate that these agencies, that darn surrogate that's not listening and not doing the thing we needed. Maybe she's going to be like sunshine where nobody told her how to do the medication and just sent her a box of medications and said, do the shots. Like there's, there are those situations that happen where an agency isn't going to tell where the IVF clinic isn't doing the education to explain those things. And that is where if you support the surrogate and you give her all those resources, she is going to be a a surrogate that's really ready to be successful. Yes. Yeah. She's going to advocate for herself, I think, because she keeps hearing it from surrogacy is that, hey, you're allowed to ask questions. It, no question is a wrong question or a silly question. Advocate for yourself. And that's, I think, our premise from day one has been just advocate for yourself. Yeah. You know, and it I seems think, like you're allowing it. I think, too, like when people start to think that maybe a surrogate's becoming a diva or she's being greedy, you know, you hear that a lot. Um when she's like nickel and diming for things or she's like, oh, she submitted for these lost wages, but she didn't really miss this time. And she's doing it. I think that women do that when maybe they agreed to a compensation and they didn't realize how much was going to go into this. And then they're like, this isn't worth it. I'm going to say these prenatal vitamins cost $50 instead of $22 or whatever it was that they cost. Like that's a shady and crappy thing to do, but people don't do that. I think if you were able to ask for the compensation that you felt like you deserved, then you wouldn't do those things because you feel like you're being compensated fairly. And so (laughs) empowering the surrogate to feel good about what she's getting is going to prevent those types of things that break trust and that help, you know, cause a surrogate to have her intended parents and her agency lose faith in her because she's feeling like she can't ask and she can't be, um, forthright about what she's feeling or what she needs and so then she does subversive things like that like it's not because she's a bad person or because she's Mm. greedy because she's a diva it's because she wasn't empowered and I that that's kind of where all of that comes from I guess (laughs) and I if I could I just want to add on to that because you were like you know sometimes we're portrayed as divas or greedy 
And oftentimes um, I've been called a problem, but what I've noticed is I'm not a problem. I have a voice and that's a problem because surrogates are very scared to advocate for themselves because they're a lot of the times because they're afraid that they're going to be called a diva, be called, you know, be, look, be looked at as you're a problem. I don't want to be the squeaky will. Yeah, you are going right. to be the squeaky will. I want you to be because that right. is what's going to get you your answers. And you are a diva for asking those questions. That's their job. as the Now that doesn't mean be disrespectful or right. I, I was no, just going to say that at 7 yeah. p.m. on Friday to ask her about this and she didn't respond until monday mm-hmm. if, about yeah. uh refunding your parking validation right. or dollars right. like some things are important right now some yeah, right. things can wait yeah. until monday you know yeah. not like, everything is exactly. balance if there's a medical problem that's happening and it's late at night or something absolutely you got to call somebody you got to get on that but if it's like a reimbursement thing and it's the weekend you can wait until like 8 a.m. Monday morning. It's totally fine. Like there's always oh, ways to have conver- conversation. Tuesday morning, because there might be yeah. things that are more priority that right. you know, just understanding that your case manager is having lots of things and that doesn't mean she's ignoring you. Although I do think it's important for agencies to respond to communication within one business day. I think that that, like is, that. even if it's to say, I see this, it's yeah. on my list. I'm going to get to this, you know, yeah, even yes. if I can't get to it right now and then they snooze it and set an alert to, to get to it later. Yeah. Um, that's fine too. But uh, yeah, some, you know, it's, it, it's helping surrogates to understand that like, you're not the only surrogate yeah. on this and you're not right. the only journey that this person is managing. Your case manager is also human. And at yeah. nighttime, she has a family and on the weekends, she has a family and, exactly. and, and sometimes she's dealing with somebody who's having a miscarriage. And so your thing yeah. might not be top priority right now, but right. So it's all perspective. But yeah. I think if you communicate that nobody's yeah. going to be like, mad at you if you if your case manager tells you maybe you're irritated if your case manager says I'm dealing with a couple of things today and I'm going to get to this by tomorrow at noon or if she says I'm going to get to this by Thursday you'd be okay until Thursday right right exactly it's the acknowledge it's the acknowledgement and like you said like there's no need to be disrespectful like there's always a way even if you don't agree with something that's happening there's always a way to go have a respectful conversation about it like it's just common well and I will tell surrogates regularly too if they have like my case manager didn't respond you know respond back to me the same day or the next day I'll say listen when I was a case manager, I stopped being a case manager because my kids wanted to divorce me because it is an on all day long, full-time thing. Aww. It is a little thing to be a case manager. It takes a lot of energy. And so to give that perspective, she's a mom too. She's probably at soccer practice with her kid at six o'clock on the evening. Right. Homework with them. You're like, did you see that goal? You didn't because you were on your phone. Like, oh, yes. oh. <laughs> yeah. So it, and it's just giving that perspective. And as a case manager, one of our goals with our team is building that relationship with the case manager and the surrogate. So now we're friends. You know what I'm about and who I am and what I do for the on my weekends and what I enjoy doing with my kids. Because then when you have that question, you might stop before asking it at seven yep. o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and you'll wait until the next day. That's right. right. No, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. It's all about getting perspective. Remembering everybody's a human, I think. Is yeah. yeah. Yep. And a We're lot of us, like you said, a lot of us are moms. Like, like I, I would say probably like 98% of case managers and like people in in the surrogate world are moms. <laughs> yep. So it's it's a lot. Yeah. Or dads. Um, or dads. <laughs> yeah, or dads. 
Oh, well, yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Are the surrogacy steps in the process to become a surrogate what surrogacy is? Like, where do you go? How does that all get started? Not the agency aspect of it, but the yeah. other side. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So have- everybody comes through the same process. Okay. You cannot come to surrogacy is as an agency without going through our okay, process. Still give you like, even yeah. my friend, I have a good friend who's a surrogate through us now. She's like, I just want to go through your agency. And I was like, no. I'm going to show you your options. <laughs> She's That's like, cute. okay, fine. Show me my options so I can choose you. Um, <laughs> and she did, but she really did consider it. I was like, you need to talk to your husband about this and show him your other options because this is a group decision for, you know, yeah. um, so if you want to be a surrogate and you want to have surrogacy as, as a resource, you go to our website, surrogacy.is, you can click on the link through our Instagram or through our Facebook too. And there's a big button that says, take the quiz to see if you qualify, um, and see if surrogacy is right for you. So you click that button, you take that quiz. It takes about eight minutes to get through. It asks a lot of questions. And at the end, if you meet the basic qualifications for surrogacy, it will give you an opportunity to schedule a one-on-one call with a surrogate advocate. So one of the things that's kind of a drawback because our surrogate advocates don't just take those initial calls. They're also supporting all of the women that they've ever helped all the time. Um, it's that our appointments book up really fast. So we do have, I think right now we, we always have one or two people on maternity leave at any given time. Um, I think we have seven full-time surrogate advocates right now. Mm-hmm. If they're all here, not they're pregnant not and we're not on maternity leave. Um, <laughs> and they can take about six appointments a day and they book out about two weeks in advance. So I think one of the things I would want to say to people is if you take that quiz and you can schedule a call and you have to wait two weeks, it's worth waiting for that. But also your surrogate advocate's going to leave you a voice, you know, call you text you and give you the opportunity to say, Hey, when you have a cancellation, get me in sooner. And we can probably get you in that same week. Um, because we always have cancellations and always things get shifted around. So book your appointment. If it's two weeks out, be the squeaky wheel and say, give me in, give me in. And we will, somebody will say, Hey, do you have an opening? She really wants to talk to someone today. And one of our surrogate advocates will be able to talk to you. Um, so we can almost always do that. And then you schedule that call with your surrogate advocate. She asks you a bunch of questions. She asks you why you want to be a surrogate. What are your, you know, what questions do you have? What fears do you have? Have you thought about this for a long time? Did you just see an ad on Facebook and you clicked it and you know nothing? Like, where are you at in this process? And so we can spend that time getting to know and say, okay. How does insurance work? How many pregnancies you've had? Understand, do you have any history of anxiety, depression? Do you have, um, do you know that you're going to have to travel for your embryo transfer and your medical screening? Are you aware that, you know, you have a choice in who you're going to match with? And there's so many embryos, you know, do you, do you know what it means to have the parents that have genetically tested embryos and what does that look like? Really just like diving into a full understanding if she's going to decide if she wants to do surrogacy this is the time that she's going to do it. She's going to get all of those things to know, is this something I see myself doing or, whoa, I had no idea what was involved. Let me process this. Let me take it. Sometimes we'll have women that will take the quiz and they will have that first call and they'll say, "Uh, okay, I don't know. (laughs) Like, this is a lot. I didn't realize I was going to have to give myself injections. I didn't realize I was going to have to travel. And we ask them, what if you got pregnant? And you had complications and you were put on bed rest and you had to take time off of work and you're, 
someone has to do your laundry for you and you can't yeah. pick up your toddler right. and yeah. all those things. Who are the people in your life that are going to be there for you? Who's mm-hmm. your people that will help you when you have to fly for embryo transfer and say the couple you match with has one of these crazy doctors that wants you to have five days of bed rest and you can't fly home. Like who do you trust overnight with your children? Because they can't come with you. Who is, right. who are those people? And so they have to think about that and process that. And then they say, okay, I'm going to talk about this with my partner or with my mom or whoever my people are and say, what do you yeah. think? Like, is this crazy? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes their partners will get on the phone too and talk with the surrogate advocate or my husband will get on the phone and talk with husbands and answer all their questions. And he's that. really frank, like, cause he was terrified of me being a surrogate in the beginning. Yeah. So he talks to husbands all the time and, you know, we want to make sure everybody's comfortable. And then right. from that point, if they say, okay, you, you answered all the questions, I qualify. I want to do it. Or I'm not sure if I want to do it, but I do want to see what my agency options are. So then okay. she'll send her photos. We'll put her profile together. We'll send it to the agencies. We'll show her her options. And then from there, she has her options. She has her them in her portal. And then she can choose when she's ready. And she can. So you send her profile out to agencies. Agencies push a yes or no button. And then that's when you get your feedback. Yep. Which we go oh, over those options. They set their them. compensation too. So they say based on her profile, like say, say for instance, this is a surrogate who's had two vaginal deliveries. She lives in a city that's super close to IVF centers that we work with. Her BMI is under 30. She's under 35, you know, all these things that make her an ideal candidate for some of these really high level clinics. Sometimes the agencies will be able to offer a base compensation that is significantly higher for some candidates and not so much for others that they're like, okay, I can only think of like, it's going to take a while for me to find that right intended parent for this surrogate. So Mm -hmm. I think we'd be better if we just set her compensation at 40,000 for a base um, or whatever, you know, it is. So that then she gets to see those options. And they usually write a personal note to her after reading her profile and say why they're interested in working with her and what she'll get from their agency. And so so they get to take their time and look at them. And these are all things that we've coached them to do because it's it's not in nature Mm -hmm. for that, I'd like to say that it is, but that empathy that comes through this process, it's like, she's a human and she's excited and she is looking at her options and she's choosing you. So you need to put your best foot forward. You need to put your bow tie on. You need to make sure your hair is done and you need to show up and she's going to get to pick which agency she wants. And it's fun because then when we've given her her options, she can compare those. Now we get to set that expectation of what's expected of her because we want her to understand that these agencies are going to evaluate her readiness, her responsiveness. Is she a good communicator? Is she making an appointment and then not showing up? Is right. she, because they're investing a lot into this too. Mm-hmm. The agency is going to collect all those records. That takes time and money yes. that goes into it. They're going to run her background. They're going to do a psychological screening. They're investing so much to her to yeah. make sure that she's qualified and it's safe for her to do surrogacy. So putting that perspective to the surrogate to say, listen, like now you've chosen, but here's next what I need you to do. You're going to call and you're going to respond when we make this introduction email. And you're going to tell the agency how excited you are to move forward with them. And when you're available to talk, because they're going to want to get on the phone with you and right. have a conversation and start that dialogue. Yeah, so then we need to encourage and coach her through that. Yeah. Wow. Our agencies will say, the surrogates that come from surrogacy is they don't have to convince that surrogate, that lead that they just found on their own, right. why surrogacy is right for them. These surrogates are like, 
where's my medical release form? Where's right. my consent form? Right. Hey. I'm filling out my profile because Love I know it. what's expected and what's next for them. Right. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay. And to, to add to that. So I have a question. I have like a follow-up question. Um, so when the surrogate gets shown, oh, they get shown agencies to pick from, not the profiles that are from the agencies of the IPs, correct? No, oh, no. just agencies. Yes. Okay. No, and they used to try, we had an agency that used oh. to do that and be like, look at this IPs, they aren't they sweet? Like, you don't yeah. know how long it's going to take for her to get through. You don't know if she qualifies for their clinic. You don't, I don't want a surrogate choosing a, an agency based on an IP profile for an IP that's probably not going to be available by the time she's ready. Right. I want her to choose the agency based on their location, the clinics they work with, how, you know, what's their ethos, what's their communication style, what's their package, because there's tons of parents on the waiting list at all of these agencies. You'll have your pick of wonderful parents, but I want you to choose first what's best for you, not some heart strings of an intended parent. Right. Fair. No, that's, that's fair, fair. fair. And you're right. I totally, I told my brain also blinked, like they're not psychologically cleared yet. They're, you know, they haven't done all the other things they've done. their kind of like initial intake of like, okay, I want to be a surrogate. I, and, now and they've answered, honestly, hopefully yes. most of the things to the best of their knowledge about their pregnancy history and their mental health history right. and their yes. criminal history and their smoking and drugs and all those questions that we ask them and, and let them know that these are actually going to be verified, you know, trust, right. but verified. Right. Um, so they know that all those things are going to be done. But of course, sometimes, you know, women, our OBs don't, are not always straightforward with us about what happened during our own pregnancies and labors and deliveries. And we think yeah. that was normal because it was my only pregnancy and delivery. I thought everybody had preeclampsia. I was like, no, everybody does not. No, you know, no, I was, no. oh, I just thought I had a couple high blood pressure readings. I didn't know I almost had a stroke, you know, like, Jesus okay. they don't tell you that because they don't want your delivered. blood pressure to spike because they right. you know, just don't always right. tell you right. how severe or dangerous right. things are. No, my sister's Everybody I know, like I've never been able even to refer a surrogate because everybody I know has had complicated pregnancies. They're like, oh, I wish I could be a surrogate. It's it's very yeah. common for complications. And they didn't realize like my, uh, you know, I delivered at 34 weeks, but uh, yeah. baby was healthy. Like, right. no, right. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> that one's a little too work. early. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You gave your, how to get on the website at surrogacy. Dot Dot is. Is. Okay. because we can't do anything normal we want to do things That's extraordinary yeah, that was a kyle thing that was a kyle thing oh i the love brain. that yeah. i love that yeah. well thank you yes. so much ladies like honestly oh thank you so much you guys are just it, it's you guys amazing are wonderful you inside and out you're just amazing oh, you. and what it you're is. doing is phenomenal mm-hmm. it's just it's only gonna it's grow super it's rewarding gonna work yeah. <laughs> wish Where I could go back 30 years and do it all over again, but with all the resources. Me too. I wish I could do it again. I'm out of the game. I'm yeah. over 40 with three C-sections under my belt. So I'm oh. done. <laughs> well, you don't look it. That's for sure though. <laughs> I'm glad though. I'm really glad I had that third C-section because otherwise, you know, I would have been tempted to, do it, again. Again. Yeah. to do it again. Yep. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you so much for your time, ladies. Yes, it's been a delight. So it really has. It really thank has. you. Good luck in all the endeavors that are coming. You too. Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Bye. 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 They're like,
I love them. Like you could just feel how much they like love surrogates and people. They're doing a great job. They're doing a great job. So thank you so much ladies for coming on and sharing about surrogacy is this is like just lovely phenomenal. Oh my gosh. But I know this is long, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, If anybody has any stories or questions that they would like to share, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at stop period, sit period surrogate. It's been another edition of stop sit surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. Also check the link to our YouTube channel in the description.